everyone. Welcome to another 1570 Project. This is Alice Shattuck. Um, I'm sorry it's Saturday instead of Friday. I was recording uh, with my sister another episode of Murder on the Millennial Express last night. It was their first remote episode, so it took a little longer than usual to get set up and everything, and I just ran out of time to do the 1570 Project. But I'm still excited because this is a really great episode of the 1570 Project. We are going to talk about free speech and Facebook and the social media companies and Jen Psaki and Joe Biden and all this stuff which is so, so dangerous for our country. Um, Those of you who listen to the Burn Barrel podcast might remember that on the Burn Barrel on Thursday, I was getting pretty upset. I was getting a little riled up about the threats to free speech from the Biden administration right now. And I'm here to tell you that Saki's uh, press conference on Friday and the subsequent developments have not reassured me I am not calmed down. I am less calmed down than I was on Thursday. I'm still freaking out, and I think you should be too. This is really, really bad. This is China-level stuff, and we're going to talk about all of it and uh, why we should be worried and why we should put a stop to this and nip it in the bud before it goes any further because this is only going to get worse from here on out if we don't absolutely make sure that this does not go anywhere in the United States of America right now. So just to recap, early last week, we had the Biden administration, it came out in Politico, was actually allowing the DNC, the DNC, yes, the political organization, the Democrats, to work with text message carriers to censor our text messages. Now, if that sounds like an invasion of privacy, it is. It is. That's true. That's what they do in China. They censor text messages. And uh, they were letting us know that it was just to combat vaccine misinformation because text messages are one of the ways that people are getting vaccine misinformation, which is leading to them not being vaccinated. Uh, That's bad. That's bad. I happen to be of the belief that vaccines are great and um, an awesome advancement in medical technology. And I took the COVID vaccine and all that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I shouldn't even need these disclaimers. I shouldn't even need these disclaimers. But somebody out there is going to call me an anti-vaxxer and say I'm spreading misinformation. I am not spreading misinformation. I don't care. Um, I like the COVID vaccine. I took it. Anyway, disclaimers aside... This is still really bad. I don't care if you're spreading misinformation about the vaccine over your text messages. We happen to live in what's called a free country. And I know that the Biden administration is not a big fan of that situation. But unfortunately for them, that's just how it is. So somebody out there might be texting somebody else something that's not true. And that's actually, in fact, legal. It's part of something that I like to call the First Amendment that includes free speech, even even to spread misinformation, even when it's dangerous misinformation, all of those things. They do not rise to the level of a violation of the First Amendment. It, it, there's just, there's no excuse for the way the Biden administration is pushing the limits of what's appropriate around the First Amendment. There, it, there's no excuse. There's no reason. COVID is not different. It is not special. We had a flu epidemic in 1918, and they didn't shut down the First Amendment. That's all. That's all. There's no reason why 
This is a situation that requires them to step in and change the way free speech works in this country. Sorry, Prince Harry. I know you think we're backwards and weird for having free speech, but that's the way it is here. If you don't like it, you can take your wife and you can move back to England. Good luck to you. Have fun. Have a nice life. Anyway, uh, here in America, we have free speech and we can say whatever we want. As long as it's not a direct call to violence, like go kill that person. That's a direct call to violence uh, or something of that nature, a threat, a direct threat, not like some weird implied threat. You're allowed to tell people that the vaccine makes you magnetic. That's legal in America. I don't think it's true, but it's allowed. That's part of free speech. That's how it works. That's the way it's always been. If you want to go around telling people that getting the vaccine makes you magnetic, then it's America. Good luck to you. Have fun. I'm going to tell you that I took the vaccine and I'm not, unfortunately, magnetic. That would be really cool, but I'm not. I'm sorry. Um, But it's the United States. If people want to say that stuff, it's absolutely their right to do so. And the Biden administration or the DNC or the text message carriers or anyone else doesn't have the right to tell them not to. They just don't. They absolutely don't. And it's a really bad problem that all of a sudden they think that they do. So I'm looking for whichever the first Republican is that is going to step up and do something about this text message thing and say that there is no way we're censoring text messages in the United States of America and creating a law around it. That's the person that um, I'm going to be supporting because this is unconscionable. It's not okay. But anyway, that wasn't the end of the story. Things got worse. Things got worse this week, believe it or not, uh, because the Biden administration let us know that it's not just text messages. As we know, uh, they're also looking at what we're saying on social media and making sure they put a stop to that, too. Here's Jen Psaki on Thursday. Uh, We've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. Yeah, problematic posts. They're tracking problematic posts for Facebook. Wait, last time I checked the whole thing with the social media companies is that they're private companies. We can't control what they do. When they do it, it's not censorship because they're private companies. Censorship is only when the government does it. Well, uh, now isn't this kind of the government doing it? If the government is giving Facebook lists of people who spread disinformation are shut down. Isn't that kind of a problem? If the federal government is providing Facebook with flagged posts that are problematic and need to be muted or shut down, isn't that the federal government silencing people? I wasn't aware that you actually had to be thrown in jail for it to be considered a violation of the First Amendment. I mean, that's but that's where we are right now. I mean, and They'll tell you like, well, you don't have a right to use Facebook. It's a privilege to use Facebook. It's a private platform. It's not really a, it's, you have the right to, you know, buy a printing press and print a newspaper in your house and hand it out on the street corners so your free speech hasn't been violated. But um, I would say that's still a little bit of a problem. This is the way that people communicate now. You can't turn off someone's access to the public square. And Facebook really at this point, I'm sorry, is a public square. There's no substitute for Facebook. There's no substitute for Twitter. And no matter how many private companies you start, you're never necessarily going to end up with a substitute for those platforms. There are just too many people on them now. 
It's too big a bar to entry. It's like saying, go start your own electric company. Go start your own phone company. Well, okay, that takes a little bit more infrastructure than most people have at their disposal. This isn't okay. We need to protect people from being dumped by banks, from being dumped by ISPs, from being dumped by Facebook, Twitter, Apple, Google. These are important protections that people need. And I hope that this is enough right now, what's happening, that Republicans in Congress are able to step up and um, and take some steps to try and protect people from this, because it's absolutely a violation of free speech. This is the printing press of the 21st century. You can't go anywhere in life without having a social media presence in terms of media. It, it's just a non-entity. Name me, you know, one one news source, one media source that doesn't have a social media presence. You can't. They don't exist. This is important. This is about access to information and where people get information. And where people get information right now is absolutely on social media. I don't care what legalese you have to do to make this happen, whether you have to call them common carriers or what, break them up like they're monopolies. I don't know what it takes legally, but the Republicans need to start putting some suggestions out there for what to do because uh, this is not a tenable situation. And I just, I look back to the Hunter Biden scandal uh, last fall, right before the election. It turned out that a laptop turned up that had been dropped off at a computer repair shop in Delaware and never picked up. And what was on it but all kinds of photos of Hunter Biden, naked, smoking crack with prostitutes, this, that, voice recordings, text messages, photos, videos, everything, everything. And what were we told about this? We were told that this was hacked information, that this was Russian disinformation designed to mislead the American people, and that we were all wrong for even looking at this information. So this was a story broken by the New York Post, right? So this is a respected newspaper. This isn't some wacky fringe site. Most of the anti-vaccine sites out there are pretty fringe and most people don't look to them for information. If they can do this to the New York Post, they can absolutely do it to the vaccine sites. But in any case, this was a story in the New York Post about Hunter Biden's laptop. They verified the information. They ran with the story. And what happened? Their account got shut down on Twitter for two weeks in the middle of the election. A major newspaper, the country's oldest tabloid newspaper, the New York Post, was locked out of their own Twitter account for two weeks, unable to reach people because... They tweeted a story that Twitter determined was based on hacked information or Russian disinformation or whatever. We were told by the experts, Politico published this story. Jen Psaki tweeted it out. Miss Honesty herself tweeted out the story from Politico saying that dozens of former Intel officials told us that the Hunter Biden story was Russian disinformation. More than 50 former senior intelligence officials have signed a letter outlining their belief that the recent disclosure of emails allegedly belonging to Joe Biden's son has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. While the letter's signatories presented no new evidence, they said their national security experience had made them deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in this case and cited several elements of the story that suggested the Kremlin's hand at work. If we are right, they added, this is a 
Russia, this is Russia trying to influence how Americans vote in this election, and we believe strongly that Americans need to be aware of this, including some former Trump administration officials. Uh, Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe said Monday that the information on Biden's laptop was not part of a Russian disinformation campaign, though the FBI reportedly is conducting an ongoing investigation into whether Russia was involved. So this is our intelligence apparatus. These are our very smart, very unbiased intelligence officials that we are trusting here. They're telling us that this laptop is not only just a fake story spun out by Trump, but this is actually dangerous. This is a disinformation campaign by the Russians. If you like or retweet or talk about this story, you're actually un-American and you're helping foreign spies if you do that. That's what our intelligence officials and our very serious newspapers and even our current press secretary were trying to tell us last year when the Hunter Biden story came out. Well, what do you know? Look now, but everyone is now treating the Hunter Biden laptop as though it is absolutely 100% legitimate. We know now that it is. Everyone is now just completely moved on. Nobody is denying that these stories are true. When the stories come out about Hunter Biden saying XYZ to strippers or getting kicked out of hotels or peddling influence, no one is any longer denying the factual basis for any of those stories. No one is now saying Russian disinformation or any of this stuff. They've completely moved on from that narrative. And why is that? That's because it was never Russian misinformation to begin with. This was Always just a laptop that was compromising to Hunter Biden and by extension, Joe Biden, because it showed how Hunter Biden was peddling influence and access to the vice president of the United States during the Obama administration. So whatever you think about all that, it should be very clear at this point that our experts on which social media companies rely to determine who is spreading misinformation and who isn't are completely full of it. Their determination of what constitutes misinformation is absolutely 100% political start to finish. We saw what happens when we allow the social media companies to determine misinformation at the time when they shut down a major newspaper for weeks, for weeks in the middle of an election because it hurt the candidate they liked. That was it. That was the whole reason. No apology, no explanation, nothing. They just locked the Twitter account because they didn't want the story to get out there. And in the end, it worked. In the end, it worked. And they got Joe Biden to be president. And now we have the situation that we have today. So to go on here, uh, that was Jen Psaki on Thursday saying that they flag problematic posts. But you say, that's just Facebook. They're just flagging problematic posts on Facebook. There's other social media platforms. There's Twitter. There's Gab. There's Parler. You can go out and be on whatever other social media platform you want. Facebook's a private company. If they want to kick you off because you said something bad about Hunter Biden, then, you know, you can go to one of the other social media platforms. But wait, Friday, things got worse. Uh, providing uh, for, for Facebook or other platforms to measure and publicly share the impact of misinformation on their platform uh, and the audience it's reaching. Uh, also with the public, with all of you, um, to create robust enforcement strategies that bridge their properties and provide transparency about rules. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Oh, so you shouldn't be banned from one platform if not and not others. 
You should just get banned from all of them. If we decide that the New York Post is saying something we don't like about Hunter Biden, then we don't just kick him off Twitter. We get him kicked off Facebook and Gab and Parler and YouTube and everywhere else. Because that's how this goes. If you're spreading misinformation, that's it. No, 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 Alice. You're getting out of control, say my liberal friends. That's crazy. We're not talking about political stuff like the Hunter Biden laptop. Oh, I am talking about stuff like that because that literally actually already happened. Okay, but that's not what we're talking about in this case. That's not what we're talking about in this case. We're just talking about dangerous, really, really dangerous misinformation that actually kills people. This is a one-time special scenario because of COVID, because people are spreading misinformation about the vaccine that kills people. And that's not fair. We have to put a stop to it. Here's Joe Biden Friday as well. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. I mean, they really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And they're killing people. Yeah, they're killing people. Facebook is literally killing people. What's your message to Facebook and the other platforms? You're killing people. By not banning the people, when we give you the list of people to ban, by not kicking them all off the internet so they can't say anything, you're killing people. Um, This isn't great. We don't want the Biden administration saying that it's Facebook's responsibility that some people decided not to get vaccinated. I don't care why people decided not to get vaccinated. I really, frankly, don't. Okay? They can decide not to get vaccinated because they don't want to be magnetic. They can decide not to get vaccinated because they're allergic to a major component of the vaccine. They can decide not to get vaccinated because they just want to wait and see how it goes with those of us who are vaccinated. And if we drop dead, then they'll, you know, thank goodness they didn't get it and move on with their day. I I don't care why people decide not to get vaccinated. It's up to them. It's up to them. Go for it. If you don't want to be vaccinated, it's your life, it's your body. Be my guest. Go be unvaccinated all day long. My vaccine is pretty darn effective. I'm not worried about it. I'm not scared. I'm not afraid of you if you're unvaccinated. And, you know, if you ask me what I think about the vaccine, I'll tell you. But I'm not going to go out of my way to go force someone else to be vaccinated if they don't want to be. It's not my business what they decide they want to do. And therefore, according to the Biden administration, I'm killing people. If I don't, if I hear somebody say something about the vaccine that's not true, and I don't immediately rush to tie them up and gag them and prevent them from ever speaking all out again, I'm killing people because I didn't prevent them from giving somebody bad information. We can't all be responsible for any stupid thing anyone says anywhere. You know, people have the right to say stupid stuff. It's America. We uh, had a law in Massachusetts a few years ago that was a big deal because, you know, our legislators in their brilliance wanted to make it illegal to uh, say anything that wasn't true on a campaign flyer. They wanted to make uh, misinformation illegal in that sense. But here's the thing. Misinformation is protected by the First Amendment, too. And when we have rules about like libel and slander, right, things like that. Um, you can be sued by somebody civilly if you say something about them that's not true, specifically about a specific person, but you can't really get in trouble for misinformation. If you think vaccines make you magnetic, then you have the right to say it, even if it's not true. 
especially, in fact, if it's not true. I want to share with you guys, there's um, a quotation that really made an impression on me when I was young. My favorite book, always as a teenager, was Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. It's really, if you haven't read it, it's fantastic. I love it. But there's this moment when she's with Mr. Rochester after she's found out that he was already married. Spoiler, sorry. I guess if you haven't read Jane Eyre, I guess you don't have to now. Now you know. She's supposed to marry Mr. Rochester and she can't because it turns out he's already married to this woman who went crazy and lives in the attic. And uh, he wants her to just stay with him anyway, even though he's still married to this crazy person. And her whole thing is like, I can't really marry you. You're already married. Sorry. Like, that's that's the rule. That's how this goes. We're not going to run off together and I'll be your mistress. Like, I, that's not what I signed up for here. And he's trying to tell her, like, you should just do this. This isn't, this is too hard a situation. We shouldn't follow the rules for this. This is too hard on us, et cetera, et cetera. And this is what she says to herself. This is from Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Laws and principles are not for the times when there is no temptation. They are for such moments as this, when body and soul rise in mutiny against their rigor. Stringent are they, inviolate they shall be. If, at my individual convenience, I might break them, what would be their worth? They have a worth, so I have always believed. And if I cannot believe it now, it is because I am insane, quite insane, with my veins running fire and my heart beating faster than I can count its throbs. So that's obviously the point. The principle, the First Amendment, the laws about free speech, about free expression, aren't for obviously totally fine speech that's inoffensive and great and totally true and definitely non-problematic in any way. The First Amendment is designed to protect the problematic speech. It's designed to protect us in the times when it's not obvious what the right thing is. It's designed to protect the people who are saying stuff that's garbage, that we don't like, that we hate. I mean, the ACLU used to know this. They the ACLU used to defend Nazi marches, right? Because they knew that freedom of speech isn't for protecting the good guys. Freedom of speech is for protecting the people that society at large thinks are the worst of the worst, right? Freedom of speech is designed to protect the free speech rights of the worst people in society just in case. Because the principles aren't for the times when it's easy to follow them. Obviously, everybody is for the good guys, quote unquote, having freedom of speech. We're all for speech that we agree with. You don't need a First Amendment if it's just about good speech. The First Amendment is there to protect bad speech. It's there to protect the counterculture. It's there to protect the fringe person, the weirdo, the creep, the person who's crazy. It's there to protect Alex Jones. It's there to protect, God forbid, I don't really like him, but it's there to protect Nick Fuentes too. It's there to protect all the people that we don't like, that we don't listen to, that we don't agree with, that we think aren't telling the truth. It's there to protect those people more than anything. That's the point of it. That's why we have it. We wouldn't need it if we were just talking about people saying nice, good stuff like, 
listen to your doctor, right? That's, that's not why we have a First Amendment. As Jane Eyre said, laws and principles are not for the times when there's no temptation. Obviously, there's a temptation when you see somebody saying something stupid and you see other people listening to them. There's a temptation to want to shut them down. But we need to not listen to that temptation. We have principles for a reason. And these are the moments that we have the principles for. This is the moment. This is the test of the First Amendment right now, what we're seeing happening, because it starts with the vaccine information. And however you feel about vaccines, this is a darn slippery slope. It is. They've already made clear to us. They've already put out statements over the past year all the time telling us that racism is a public health threat. Climate change is a public health threat. All these things. So now if I disagree with Black Lives Matter, am I going to be spreading dangerous misinformation that kills people? Is Biden going to be telling people that if Facebook doesn't turn me off because I don't agree with Black Lives Matter's support for Asada Shakur, now I'm killing people by not supporting Black Lives Matter? Probably. I don't think it's honestly that far-fetched. I don't think we're that far away from this stuff, to be honest with you. And yeah, I'm worried about it. And yeah, I'm really mad. I think all of us should be mad and all of us should be fighting this as hard as we can to tooth and nail. I don't want to let them forget this now or ever. I want every press conference. I want Peter Doocy asking these questions. I mean, I wish there were more reporters than just Peter Doocy, but since he's the only reporter actually in the press conferences, I guess we're going to have to deal with him. I want them having an answer for this every freaking day until they back off. I want Congress to pass laws. I want the social media companies regulated to high heaven. And I want to make sure that we stay far far away from this. Because this isn't like some crazy, wild conspiracy theory here. This is stuff that actually happens in our world, in real countries, big countries. This is not something that's beyond the realm of possibility. Look at the way China is right now, right? Look at it. I don't think people necessarily have a conception of how rigid China is. The government in China, this is from just I mean, this is common information. This is from the Wikipedia article about censorship in China. The government maintains censorship over all media capable of reaching an audience, including television, print, radio, film, theater, text messaging, instant messaging, video games, literature, the internet. They also have facial recognition software everywhere. They know what you're doing and saying to people and who you're talking to all the time. And... And they enforce it. I mean, this is part of how we got COVID. This is part of the story of how we got COVID. Back last year, this is what happened to Dr. Li Wenliang, who was uh, called a hero around the world because he was one of the first people to actually raise the alarm publicly about coronavirus. He sent a message, a message to fellow doctors around the end of December. So by this point, we had already had COVID spreading in China probably since October or September of 2020. And at that point in time, people were getting sick with this mysterious flu, this mysterious pneumonia, and it looked like SARS. And most people were afraid to say anything. Why were they afraid to say anything? Well, look what happened to Dr. Lee. Dr. Lee was 34 years old. And he sent a message to fellow doctors on December 30th of 2019. He sent, did I say 2020 earlier? I probably screwed up. 
Um, December 30th, 2019. So this is right before it kind of went public. He sent a message to fellow doctors in a chat group, warning them about the outbreak and advising them to wear protective clothing to avoid infection. He said the symptoms reminded him of the SARS from 2003. Four days later, he was summoned to the Public Security Bureau, where he was told to sign a letter in which he was accused of making false comments that had severely disturbed the social order. Sound familiar? He was accused of spreading misinformation. He was accused of going out there and telling people things that weren't true, that screwed up society for the rest of us. We solemnly warn you, if you keep being stubborn with such impertinence and continue this illegal activity, you will be brought to justice. Is that understood? Said the letter. Underneath is Dr. Lee's handwriting. Yes, I do. He was one of eight people the police investigated for spreading rumors. Spreading rumors. Spreading rumors because they warned people to be worried about this new SARS virus that was spreading in China. That was spreading in China. They were told that it was only from people who'd come in contact with infected animals. There was no need to wear protective clothing. They were being ridiculous. It was They were spreading misinformation. You would have been accused of spreading misinformation in the United States at that time, too. Every single major publication was telling people that the flu was a bigger threat. Get your flu vaccine. There was nothing to worry about. It was absolutely not true. That's what all our news sources were telling us. The only reason that I went out and bought a bunch of hand sanitizer and canned goods at the end of February is because a bunch of wackos on Twitter, right wing autistic crazy people on Twitter were saying that this was going to happen. So you have to sometimes listen to the people who are quote unquote spreading misinformation. If you listened to the official line from Dr. Fauci in March of that year, you could have been accused of spreading misinformation. Here's the Fauci back in March of 2020. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. Huh. Masks don't protect you. Might stop, stop a droplet here and there, but it's not going to really provide protection from a pandemic. Oh, thanks, Fouch. Well, is Fauci 2020 blocked for spreading misinformation? Because I kind of think that's not where we ended up settling on the information at that point in time. It's, it's unbelievable to me that anyone who watched the last year and a half unfold would think that the people who run our federal government are capable of determining what's misinformation and what isn't and enforcing that in an even-handed way. Because Fauci's been Fauci himself has been on every side of every issue. You know, how many people need to get vaccinated for herd immunity? Should you wear masks? Should you not wear masks? You know, should you go out, not go out, this, that? Should schools be open, not be open? Should teachers be vaccinated? Doesn't matter what the issue is. Fauci's been on every side of it. There's no reason to listen to these people. They can't determine what correct information is, what misinformation is. They don't know. They don't know anything. The lab leak theory last year was misinformation. Tom Cotton was accused of spreading a dangerous conspiracy theory. Now the intelligence community considers it as at least as likely as the idea that there was an, an outbreak naturally from the wet market. You have Jon Stewart going on TV and doing it. Should Jon Stewart be blocked from social media for spreading dangerous misinformation? Is that the future our liberal friends want? I, I don't know. I don't know, but that's where we are headed. And I'm a little concerned that 
this doesn't seem to be getting the level of attention that I think it deserves here. You have the Biden administration saying that social media companies are literally killing Americans. That's a call to action. They want to do more here. They're not done. They're not done. They're not stopping at 12 people who spread misinformation about vaccines. You and I are next on the list. And we're next on the list if we don't think that whiteness is a huge force in society that's holding back people of color. We're going to be next if we don't think that climate change is a huge risk to society that's killing people, right? We're going to be killing people. If you say, I'm not really sure it does anything if I use a plastic bag at the grocery store to make a hurricane happen. If you say that, then you're spreading dangerous misinformation that literally kills people. Because I honestly think that that's the next step. We are headed towards China levels of censorship. If we're already talking about text messages and social media, then, I mean, things are basically over here. We're, they can control everything that you say then at that point. How many ways do you communicate with people that aren't over a computer or a phone? Probably not that many. And it's ironic because we've spent the last year in a lockdown where more than ever we're communicating with people over computers and by phone. And that's the exact places where they want to block you from being able to talk to other people. Really makes you think, doesn't it? Really makes you think. So anyway, to kind of head back to Dr. Lee here in China, who was investigated for spreading rumors and forced to sign a letter admitting that he was uh, making false comments that disturbed the social order. Uh, Dr. Lee, unfortunately, treated a woman who had glaucoma in his office. He's an ophthalmologist, and he got COVID from her and died. He died of the disease that he had to write a big letter apologizing for claiming that it exists. So there you go. He was spreading misinformation. Good for China. I'm sure that our government and Joe Biden and Jen Psaki and Dr. Fauci, I'm sure that they would never uh, misuse their power in such a way to go after people who are just making simple observations about uh, COVID and the way things seem to be working here or about, you know, Hunter Biden and his laptop or any of that. I'm sure they would never go after people for pure political reasons like that. So uh, they're going to be perfect. They're not going to be like China. They're just going to do it for the very clear misinformation that literally kills people and not for the other kinds of misinformation that are innocuous. I'm sure that they would never abuse it like that. But, uh, you know, I, I have to be honest. I try and be positive. I try and just hang out with my kids and my chickens and have my nice life. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty worried right now. I'm pretty concerned. And uh, Cyril's in here talking to me. Um... I think that this is a uh, bad situation for the United States to be in. I think that this is a dangerous moment. And I think that we should all be concerned about it. On that note, I'll leave you and let you go enjoy your weekend. Uh, this has been the 1570 Project. I, again, am Alice Shattuck. You can also find me on the Burn Barrel Podcast with Tom Shattuck. That's at burnbarrelpodcast.com. Uh, the 1570 Project is at 1570 Project on Twitter. And the Burn Barrel Podcast is at Burn Barrel Pod. Uh, looking forward to talking to you all next week. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great weekend. 
clouds rolled in and I said Must have brought the rain from Boston But you looked at me and I felt the sun